Hello everyone, future Marika checking in with you because I just wanted to warn you that this is a part two in case you have not seen it in the title. This is the second part of my collaboration with Jordan from the Books to Last podcast and in the last episode we left you off with her talking about the last books that she read throughout the year which were Six of Crows and the second book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series and she elaborated a bit how she struggled with reading in 2021 because of her working from home she did not have her reading time on the train which I also personally experienced and yeah, it definitely cut down on her being able to read quite a lot. So this is where we left off. Now I will let you listen to the second and last part of our collaboration. I hope you have fun. Bye bye. That sounds like a pretty good start into the year. Because for everyone who does not use Goodreads, it's this app, or you can also access over any browser on the planet. And you set the goal and it also tells you how many books you are behind, whether you're on track or how many books you are ahead. And when you are falling behind for whatever reason, there's always pressure <laughs> because you're like, oh no, my Goodreads goal. And usually what happens is that when you are somewhat close but you know okay if I read I don't know five books the size of it or can follow it or I don't know whatever any big book I will probably not meet my goal until the end of year so in November December that's usually the big time of graphic novels and manga and everything <laughs> to boost your Goodreads goal and yeah like for me I said I wanted to read 55 books And right now I'm over 30 already, including graphic novels. So this year, one other thing that I wanted to do is that I wanted to get more into graphic novels, not necessarily manga, but also graphic novels from other countries. And this was really a nice experience because I also, because for me, usually the thing is because I've got so much limited space, I can't have too many graphic novels or too many manga books in here. I've got a few ones selected from like my most favorite series, but I can't, I don't have that much shelf space to just put them on there. So I usually tend to read them on my e-reader because my e-reader is in full color. And they've got this very nice yeah, programming sort of that if you really want to zoom in, you just click on the panel and then it zooms in and you can see the details of the of the drawing style and everything so this is actually very nice yeah it's uh i think it's comiXology's um formatting especially on kindle it's also really excellent because i sometimes struggle with um some graphic novels it's not obvious what order you're supposed to do <laughs> oh it yeah in. so if you double tap just onto the the panel you can read it and and if it's a big panel it'll zoom into the um speech bubbles and you can just swipe as if you're swiping to the next page and it will just take you to the next one that's supposed to come next and i i find it's a much more immersive way as well because when i'm reading a graphic novel sometimes i'll scan the entire page which is fine when you're reading like a regular prose novel because nothing you, you know you can't read that fast nothing really gives it away although i have accidentally read like the last sentence of a chapter and, mm. and been spoiled like one page before I get there 
Um, but that's like the worst it can get. Whereas with a graphic novel, things can change so drastically from one page to another. Um, I don't like being able to see the whole thing. So it is really good. Unfortunately, my Kindle Paperwhite is black and white, so it's just not as good. Mm. So I think I need to get some kind of e-reader or, or maybe use my phone app so that I can re- read them in colour because... It seems like you're only getting half the art if, if you don't get yeah. it. Yeah, it's, de- it's definitely a better experience. Like for mangas, it's probably not that bad because they are not fully colored in yeah, usually. But for graphic novels where they really put the work into coloring it and so much in graphic novels comes from also the coloring style, I personally think. So I can definitely, definitely recommend to also look at it in color. And like generally, so this is something that I did more. I also read from my three top authors, I already read at least one book. I think from Murakami and King, I read one each. And then from Brendan Sanderson, I already read three. But this is not very surprising because he's, I I think he's a fantastic author. I think I read his Mistborn series which uh, for everyone who doesn't know, I don't know, have I talked about Mistborn in detail on the podcast? I'm not sure. I will do so now, at least with a little with a little summary. So we've got this world, it's a fantasy world, and there you have magical abilities when you consume metals, but not everyone can consume those metals. There are some rules and restrictions to the world, but there has been like some sort of rule of an evil king and there's a rebellion and they want to like sort of dethrone him and there's a very strong female main character who gets thrown into all of this and it's a very fantastic series and I just love his writing style so for me it was not a big surprise that I read so much of him already but yeah and and his I, I, I saw you've got him on the shelves yeah the first two of the Mistborn trilogy um it has been on my list forever because Brandon Sanderson is just one of those authors that just keeps on cropping up and I really want to read his Skyward series because I think it's a bit sci-fi but also fantasy and I have this weird um I don't think there's I don't know if there's a word for it but um I have this weird feel there's so many books and series that I haven't read yet um but I, I already know that I'm going to love them I just haven't had the chance to read them and love them yet um yeah and Brandon Sanderson is definitely one of those it's like him and Robin Hobb are just such titans in the fantasy genre and I want to read their series so bad but there are so many books yeah it's so scary (laughs) I know I and the thing is because what I love to do is to binge series so I usually wait until the last book is like very like very close to its release and then I just read the whole entire thing because I just love like if I love the world I really like to really get immersed in it and that's what I did with the first Miss Bond trilogy and then there's a second trilogy so books four to six yeah and a seventh one is coming but I think the last when was the last book released I think it was like two two years ago or something two maybe three and at the back of the book it says oh wait for the next novel that is going to come out next year or or, that is going to come out after he finishes the third book in his Stormlight Archives series which is also going to be I don't know like 10 books or something and I remember when I looked it up I was like okay 
the Stormlight Archives by now have got their fourth book, and we still haven't got the seventh book to the Mistborn series. Hmm, okay, I don't know when I'm going to get that seventh book, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fantastic series. Like, even, even if the seventh book never comes out, the ending at the sixth wraps up enough so that you're not like oh my god i'm i'm missing an entire thing like with game of thrones i, I mentioned this on the podcast before <laughs> when i read game of thrones the the series was in the making and the ending was not finished yet and it's not finished yet either but it was so weird for me to suddenly stop and there were so many loose ends and this was actually the turning point for me where I was like, okay, I'm very disappointed that I can't read now. I need to read something else. And then it all snowballed from there. Yeah, I, so I started the fifth book of Game of Thrones because I read all of those while I was in sixth form. Um, so I read the first four and then I got like halfway through the last one. So A Dance of Dragons. And then I ended up stopping for whatever reason. And then I was glad that I did because I knew the next one wasn't out yet. Um, and I knew that was going to irritate me while I waited for it. But George R. R. Martin is still waiting on that next book. And yeah, I've got a few few like him on my bookshelf. Um, the Scott Lynch has got a series. Uh, the Lies of Locke Lamora is the first one. Yeah. He's fantastic, but he's been pulling a bit of a George R.R. R. Martin with the fourth book. But last year, sometime last year, we got a photo of the front of a manuscript being sent off to the editors. Whenever that, whatever that means, we'll find out. I have had a pre-order for that book for about four years because I've been able to pre-order it through Waterstones and they just keep pushing the release date back. Um, so I have, I've been pre-ordering that book for a while. I'm just waiting for it. Maybe we'll get it one day on the same day that we get the sixth game of thrones <laughs> yeah. another series for me that i always have on my tbr technically i also have it on my tbr for 2021 but because i love to binge series and i don't want to wait i don't know a decade for the next book like the name of the wind Ah, series yes, like it's, it. it's supposed to be a trilogy but there are just two books out and i think the second one was published nearly a decade ago i purchased the 10th anniversary of the first book the edition i think three years ago so <laughs> it's been probably a decade and the third book is still not out and every time i speak with someone or i hear a video and they're always like it's such a fantastic book it like it's so fantastic but it's not finished so if you've got the potential to wait wait until the story is finished because there will be so many loose ends yeah i mean oh. with um series i very much prefer to binge read and i find if i binge read a series and then the last one isn't out yet by the time that last one comes out i've fallen out of the series Mm -hmm. um, because I don't have, I, I don't, I used to. So when I was younger, I'm like, well, still am, but a huge fan of Rick Riordan. And he would have a book that came out every year on the 7th of November. That was his release date. Um, he would always, without fail, release a book on that day. I would always have it pre ordered. I would go to the bookshop on that day to pick up my pre order. I would start reading it immediately. And then I would finish it three days later and cry because I had to wait another year for another one. Oh. Um, and I I loved it and I could I could do that. And then now, I mean, I read all of the Throne of Glass series, but the last one wasn't out yet. I pre-ordered the last one and then the last one came and I didn't have a massive urge to read it because I, even though I want to and I am going to get around to it, 
it was one of those things it's like well i mean realistically it's been long enough that i've come to terms with what happened in the series i've accepted that they probably all have a happy ending <laughs> and for some reason my adult brain can live with that whereas after the cliffhanger on Mark of Athena by Rick Riordan, I had like a full on meltdown because I needed to know what happened. <laughs> I I remember that. I remember that. I read the I worst one. <laughs> all of yeah. I, I read all of Rick Riordan over the past four to five years because as I said, when I was growing up, the translation industry into German was not up to par with how it was in the original in English. So Rick Riordan and Percy Jackson in general, it was not as big in Germany. Yeah. I, I asked like, because I'm part of a book club with two of my friends. And I think the last time on the book club, I asked them whether they know whether this was a big thing like Rick Riordan, Percy Jackson, anything. Yeah. And it was not. So I thought maybe I had just missed out, but apparently no one knew about it back then yeah. or just very few people. And when I read the, because Rick Riordan is one of those authors, like even as a grown up, because sometimes he's got little Easter eggs where you're like, as a child, you would never understand it. But when you read it as an adult again, it's it's so nice and easy to read it's just one of those like it's a comfort read but not that you're like this is such a lovely dovey story nothing happens that is uh, upsetting me or anything like you just said the cliffhanger at the end of mark of athena was heartbreaking i think for every reader but i was so happy that i could just switch to the next book i, I don't want to imagine how it was to wait i remember when i was when i read house of hades when it came out so we were going on a school trip so i went to pick it up like the day before mm. and i got my copy <laughs> um and i i had it on the bus with me and the girl who sat next to me didn't have her copy and she said it was fine i could i'd like, just go ahead and read it so i was reading it and reading it and then i there was the reveal about i think it's that book i think the reveal about nico and i'm not going to go into more detail about that but when you find out about nico I remember just being like completely shocked and just like frozen on the bus just because like it was amazing but I was like oh my god <laughs> and I just couldn't like I and, and she was like what what is it and I'm like I can't tell you you haven't read it yet <laughs> um but no I just I have such such strong memories of reading Recreated and he he wasn't big when I was younger um, necessarily the films came out and they did quite well over here um, which is shocking because um, I now know that they're not very good adaptions of the book. Yeah, yeah. They are, I, I, they are fine films if you just watch them and you watch them as a child. Um, the acting is all excellent in it. It's the story that's the problem. Um, I think all of the actors and actresses are wonderfully talented in those films. But yeah, Percy Jackson was kind of what made me love reading. A lot of people, especially here in the UK and around about my age, say that they fell in love with reading because of Harry Potter. Um, because it was around about a similar time but I hadn't read the Harry Potters even though I had them I hadn't read them um and I watched the first Percy Jackson film and I found out that it was a book because it was on one of the sort of library shelves at my school so I just picked it up and I read it and I was like oh my god this is this is so much better than the film why why did they miss all of these amazing things it's nothing like the film this is great and then I saw on the back that there was four more books in the series so I 
just immediately went and I saved up all my pocket money and I went to the shop and I bought the full box set and I read all of them uh, constantly, like just all the way, yeah, really quickly. And then my best friend saw that I was doing, she read them all as well. Um, and also a guy in my class had seen them and he also read, he, he borrowed my books and read them. And yeah, my I still have... I don't like those covers for the Percy Jackson ones. I don't think the UK covers are very nice. The American covers are the best ones because they're the is Disney it, covers. It, I have to wait. Give me a second. I will have to check on Google. Because actually for everyone who is living in Germany, we don't have the luxury of having different editions from the books because there isn't another big country that has German... Yeah. Like... like, like more of course there's switzerland where partly they speak german of course there's austria but we don't have it like for example in the uk or with the us where you've got like the battle of the covers if you don't like the cover of the us edition you just go by the uk one and when you read over it of course there are differences in spelling and some words might be different but overall it's still the same language yeah so it's mostly fine especially when you when you're a foreigner you're like yeah this it's english i can read it yeah. so as an example yeah Jackson the lost Cross. hero books are very different but i have kept those those five percy jackson books are probably the oldest books on my shelves because they yeah they're just they're the ones that i read originally they're the ones that got passed around and they are very very precious to me even if i much prefer some of the new covers that have been released. So people, this is why I love the comparison of UK to US covers, because literally when I typed in Percy Jackson covers, the first picture that I got US and UK cover comparison and they're directly next to yeah. each other. It's perfect. So the ones that you mean are the more Disney style with, for example, with the Battle of the Labyrinth, you've got the red and you actually see the labyrinth. Yes. So um, yeah. Okay. The, the more so the more Disney style. Um, so because like Disney Hyperion are the ones who publish the books over in um, America. So and it's the same with all of the uh, Rick Riordan presents books as well. Mm -hmm. They're very similar house style. So I have my Magnus Chase books and my um, Trials of Apollo books in the American covers because they just are nicer and the quality of the hardbacks as well it's not just a superficial thing the quality of the hardbacks and the the paper they're just better than the uk ones the uk ones are a lot larger and clunkier and i just don't think they're as nice um generally speaking i stick to uk covers um i only pay for international shipping for percy jackson for, for rick, rick Riordan <laughs> books they're the only books that i pay for, they pay it for because everything else i'm quite happy with what we get because i'm very i know we're very lucky um, but I just the um, yeah the UK ones they they're usually a bit shinier and they're kind of a bit more sort of I suppose CGI but it it kind of just looks like Photoshop it's really I'm sure someone spent a lot of time designing these covers and they're just not to my liking generally <laughs> but I can't I can't really justify having multiple copies of the same series especially when there's five or six books in them. So um, I just have my original Percy Jacksons because they, they've got like my terrible children's handwriting in the front because I used to put Aww. my name in the front of my book so that everyone knew they were mine. Um, <laughs> and um, they're very, yeah, they're kind of tattered because of how many people have read them and borrowed them and how many times I reread them. But yes, very treasured. Yeah, those are always 
the copies that you want to give away or the ones that you hold very dear because you've just read them so many times? <laughs> yeah. So you said that, for example, Percy Jackson is like an all-time favorite and you really, really enjoyed the City of Brass this year. So like the City of Brass probably definitely was one of the big highlights. But did you also have a low light in 2021 already? Um, I don't necessarily say a low light. I So the Bridgerton series was kind of hit or miss with me. There were some of them I really loved uh, because I loved the characters. Um, but I take issue with Julia Quinn, who is the author. I take issue with her views on consent. Um, and I understand that these books were written at the beginning of the 2000s when understanding was maybe slightly differently than what it is now, 20 years later. And equally, um, if... <laughs> that could be acknowledged in interviews i would probably be happy with that as an answer um except all of the and i may be wrong and i'm open to being corrected but a lot of what i've read about what she thinks of the this content is more she thinks it's okay because it was in regency era england and i'm not disputing that maybe consent was really not an issue in regency era england because you know it was the 1800s but um <laughs> i I just think when you're reading, so she's right. She's written rom-com style, fun romance novels. They are light, fun reading that you read on holiday or just to pass the time. They're not serious works of literary fiction that talk satirically about Regency era England in the same way Jane Austen's are. So when something problematic happens in Jane Austen, it's a criticism of the society she lives in this is written by a 21st century woman looking back mm. and all she really because in terms of historical accuracy i feel like it's mainly set there for the aesthetic it's not really set there for, and that oh we we want to touch but we can't touch um that's mm. really what those that's why those books are set there they're not set there for historical accuracy so i just think if she's reading if she's writing something for fun i just don't necessarily think it's it's not necessary for her to put some of these things in there. It feels clunky and unnecessary. And I don't think it's very, it, there are parts where I really don't think it's handled well and it's quite um, blunt the way um, I suppose words are used. And I took it, yeah. So for some of them, it's not even there and it's not an issue and you can kind of forget, but every now and then I would be reading one and it would just really, stand out and because it's sort of not it doesn't sort of blend so well it just really stands out like a sore thumb and I think one of them in particular was um I'm gonna have to apologize to a previous guest on the podcast because I know this is one of her favorite books um but to Sir Philip with love um was probably my least favorite of the entire series and it wasn't anything to do with even the characters, um, there's just one specific part of it where the sort of main male protagonist is talking about his late wife um, who passed away, but she had sort of mental health issues. And he's talking about um, some things that went on between the two of them. And from the way it's written and the way he presents it, it's really written as if you're supposed to feel sorry for him 
um, like he was the victim in that scenario and he wasn't. And um, the way he, I, I, I just think it's kind of unforgivable what, even if it was unintentional or even if he didn't mean any violence or malice with his actions, it just made me feel not good and I didn't like it and I didn't want so you only ever get one male and one female protagonist that are meant to be together it's really obvious who they are the entire Mm. way through all of the books so there's no oh will they won't they you know they will they're going to um (laughs) but after that point I kind of just remember thinking but I don't want her to marry you now because I don't like you why no I think she can do better um, <laughs> um and I just I just remember um it I found it really hard to root for him after that and I mean that kind of romance novel is difficult to enjoy if you don't root for the couple getting together because oh yeah you're almost gar- well you are guaranteed to basically be unhappy by the end of it so <laughs> um yeah that was probably my low lie um i it still forms you know a part of the series there are some good moments in there where you get all the characters that come in um but yeah that was probably yeah just just the one the rest of them are all thingy and there are still parts where i'm a bit like "Mm, that's a bit I feel like we knew that wasn't okay in in 2002 (laughs) um but that's I suppose that's just me and I think it's just it's a personal quirk of mine that I one thing is just something that I maybe focus on more than most (laughs) and that's totally fine I mean I think every reader has got that one thing that makes their reading style very particular and this is also something that I really love and where I try to make the books that I recommend in my podcast as sort of diverse as possible because everyone has got so many different tastes and maybe sometimes you don't really know what it is what makes you not really like a book or a graphic novel or you can't really pinpoint it but then maybe when you I don't know like a few months later and you think back on it and you're like oh yeah I think that was probably what ticked me off at some point and then you can learn from that and try to not or to like move around the books that where you know head on okay this will be a topic then that I'm probably not vibing with too much like for 2021 I have not had a book that I really did not enjoy in general because I do so much research in quotation marks on the books beforehand I usually have pretty good picks of what I like of course sometimes with the writing style there I will knock down a star or two but like a really really low light I have not had in 2021 yet book wise I had a few manga like you know sometimes a manga starts off in a really good point and you really like what's happening and then six seven volumes in they change something maybe the focus is not on the original people and they switch to another group of people like you said it really depends on the people sometimes the the characters that are depicted and then at some point you just lose interest because you're like why are we talking about these people nobody cares (laughs) so this is the only thing that happened to me this year and what I want to do moving forward in this year is that I want to read Jane Austen for the first time in English because actually I really wanted 
to read Jane Austen, but I started her in a time in my life where it just was not in the right mindset. I remember I was on holiday and it was a super hot day. We were on a boat with like several other people and it was so hot. I think it was nearly 40 degrees and we were out on the sea and I was reading the book and because it was in English back then I was not as fluent. I don't know how old was I, maybe 15, 16. So my English was not as good as it is now. And so the the writing was very hard for me and it was the like one of those penguin classic editions you know like with the tiny tiny font oh and the so very I was, thin pages yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know like the the old ones like by now penguin does wonderful editions with like very high quality paper and everything and with very nice covers but back in the day these were not the days at least not yeah. of the books that i could find in a german bookstore because that's yeah. actually like there are nice editions but you don't find them in german bookstores so i just picked that one and it was so hard to read and i really remember falling asleep on top of my book <laughs> because i just like with the heat and everything it yeah. was just too much and ever since then i did not i i've been a great fan of the movies that I've seen and I know that once I read it I will probably really like the story because I've read some parts of her writing and I know that her writing style is very very unique and very true to the era because it was written in the era but because her ideas were so modern back then yeah. it's still possible to read them now like you said before it's, and um... yeah so so making my way slowly through these is what I want to do in 2021 forward. And I'm nearly halfway through Emma. I have only read so three, three and a half Jane Austen books um, because I could not finish Mansfield Park because I hate the protagonist. I hear that so much. What's she, her name? Fanny, Fanny, Fanny Price. Price. Yeah. Um, I am sure she's a wonderful girl who goes through excellent character development. However, I couldn't get she just she's very passive, I suppose, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But when you are accustomed to Emma Woodhouse and mm. Liz Bennett, um, she she just kind of comes off as very weak, I suppose, but not and she doesn't really fight back for herself or and things just kind of happen to her and um it's kind of difficult to read when you're strong used to quite strong-willed uh, female protagonists especially from Jane Austen novel because in that kind of world and setting someone like that it does just get pushed around quite a lot and it's it's not yeah. nice to see um I mean I what I read Persuasion recently and Anne Elliot um who's the protagonist in that is another character she is more passive she's not as assertive as Emma Woodhouse or Liz Bennett but she is very sort of subversive and clever in the way she is so she doesn't necessarily just let things happen to her she kind of steers them quietly from her corner and um she has ways of doing it but she just doesn't let people around her know that that's what she's doing and it's quite clever um and i did really enjoy persuasion because i enjoyed the characters in it as well but i do i do love jane austen my jane austen is at the top and then i also have a small section of shelf that's dedicated to Jane Austen retellings because <laughs> I have quite a few of those. Um, but yeah, I I do I do love Jane Austen. She's she's wonderful. But her writing style, even even when English is your first language, um, does take a little bit of getting used to because 
it's not like it's not the same as the way we speak now and there's a lot of terminology and phrases mm-hmm. that we just don't use and or use anything like it so it doesn't make sense so some of it is very much context clues so when I first started reading Pride and Prejudice it didn't make a lot of sense to begin with but as you sort of immerse yourself in the writing something clicks kind of like with with Shakespeare um yeah it's not it doesn't make sense and then it clicks and then it does because you've kind of switched codes and you and you you get it and even if you don't understand something I mean the penguin ones are great because they have little exclamate exclamations as at the bottom to as to what it means uh, which I do need to use sometimes do you have anything because because for 2021 this is like moving forward this is one of my projects to slowly make my way through those books do you have got anything like that like any books where you're like yeah 2021 this is definitely something that I want to do oh okay so I'd like to finish a lot of the series that I've started so I would like to (laughs) read the second book in the six of crows duology so I want to read crooked kingdom I've been told it's going to make me cry um I I can affirm that yes (laughs) I would um I am not ready for it I'm really not because I know what I want to happen and if it doesn't I'm not going to be happy um (laughs) I would like to finish the art the renegade series by Marissa Mayer I've had the third book for that for ages and I would like to finish it I want to finish um, Trials of Apollo by Rick Riordan because I've only read the first two and all five of them are out now so I've got all three of the last ones so I can read those so yeah I would like to finish a lot of the series and I know if I don't read if I don't read Lord of the Rings soon there are several many diehard Lord of the Rings fans in my acquaintance who will hunt me down um, <laughs> because I've seen the films I enjoyed the films I enjoyed the Hobbit when I read the Hobbit I just haven't been able to get around to Lord of the Rings yet and I would very much like to I want to say I'd like to finish Game of Thrones as well but I feel like that might be going a step too far like the Game of Thrones train for me has totally left town like because it was such a great starting off point for me but so much has happened since I read them in 2013 so that's nearly 10 years now mm. I, yeah one thing that I wanted to ask you you said before sixth form I remember learning at some point in yes. school how the English school system works but I totally forgot how old is sixth form so I would have been 16 going on 17 okay. um okay, so yeah, okay. sixth form is after secondary school so it's kind of college so yeah okay it's you either go to sixth form or college um they are the same um but (laughs) uh people give them different names because sixth form is supposedly and i'm using inverted commas more (laughs) academic whereas college is sometimes um considered more vocational um Mm. but realistically they're the same thing they just are the the difference is usually with sick forms wear uniforms and colleges like you wear your own clothes that's okay. that's probably the difference <laughs> um but i i had also a very long commute to go to that so that's when i read game of thrones so i read it when i was about 16 which was gosh what 2015 2015 yeah so about six years ago um I so yeah I would like to finish it but also I've got dream songs and I every time I look at them on my shelf I go but am I going to read dream songs or did I just buy them because the covers match when you put them next to each other and make a bigger picture um 
oh and the poppy war i do really need to finish the poppy mm-hmm. war i i read the first poppy war the year before last it's amazing it's an excellent book but it's also a very traumatic book and <laughs> yeah I, i read it too and i didn't yeah it totally I didn't broke research. me I didn't research trigger warnings well enough before I read that book. Um and I mean I'm sure you're thinking about the same part but um yes I'm very sure we do. <laughs> mi- middle towards the end. I it gave me actual nightmares. <laughs> like it really really shook me up to the point where I didn't it scared me off reading the next two although I do have them because I do really want to read them. But I mean I saw someone on Twitter once say that they they're never going to read the part because Poppy War was trending on Twitter and they said they were never going to read it because they think it trivializes historical events and I don't like engaging in book debates on Twitter because people get very mm. emotional about them and I am not very good with confrontation it it, it upsets me um so I even if it's something really minor I just don't engage um and I had to forcibly stop myself from saying I don't really think it trivializes anything it's actually if you read the book you would know it's yeah there's nothing trivial about what any anything that goes on in those books any of the events it's terrifying and traumatic and horrible and actually gave me nightmares and i don't think you can call that trivial um personally just for me um but i i don't know i yeah i i feel like um sometimes you can be very informed by the opinions of people i trust a lot of people on book on book twitter and the and booktube and that sort of thing um and i will take their opinion at face value sometimes but i sometimes don't take into account i suppose um personal biases so i think it's a good mm-hmm. idea to just do general research about whether you should read something but the poppy war is is such an amazing book but yeah i need to i'm going to read them just because i did actually get a spoiler on twitter and i found out that I found out that something that I wanted to be true is actually true. Okay. <laughs> so, um yeah, I there was something that at the end of book one, the one thing that I came out I was like, "Oh, I really hope that this happened, but it happened off page and we didn't see it." Um mm-hmm. and it might have. So, and that's that's pretty much my one my one shining light for reading the rest of the Poppy War trilogy. <laughs> and but it's so good that you actually got a good spoiler that makes you want to read the whole series. I can totally understand it with the trigger warnings. Before I read it, I like also in, on videos because I got introduced to the book by BookTube. And in the videos like they said it depicts war. Yeah, duh. But I I had no idea that it was so trigger heavy and when I read it up until that point that we probably both think yeah. of I was like okay yeah that's that's war yeah but you know like i've read game of thrones i can deal with this Mm -hmm. and then it got to that point and i'm like okay for like there's horrible stuff happening in game of thrones don't get me wrong but for some reason this is so much worse it feels and i think it should have been said that something happens that is very trigger heavy or if you don't want to like put it in yeah in the box below i i, I don't know like it's something yeah it's apparently so apparently the book is actually set on and i mean my international history is not very good because um 
our history education, much like our language education language in the UK, <laughs> is incredibly biased for some reason. Heaven knows why. Um, but it is actually based on an, an actual war and there is an actual event that um, it's very heavily influenced by it. So I suppose if you're familiar with the fact, if you're familiar with that history and mm -hmm. you're familiar with the fact that it depicts that, you would know that that happens. That being said, it's not even, it's not events as they happen live. I think what makes it particularly traumatic, although I'm glad that they didn't describe them as they were happening live because I definitely wouldn't have finished the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because that I think for me, what really was upsetting was it's the really traumatic part for me was described from the point of view of a victim. Mm. And because you knew this character before this happened to them, um, and the kind of I so sort of self-possessed person they were and they were so sort of strong and fearsome and then you have to in like you sit with your point of view and you listen to their trauma story and the things that were done to them and how it's changed them as a person I think that's the bit that really stuck with me because you just see, I suppose you see the transformation and because it's not I suppose Game of Thrones is a little bit detached. I mean, I was the same as you. I read, you know, the <laughs> I read the violent parts. And even though I, you know, I, I liked the characters, it just felt so much less personal than, you know, essentially the main characters in the Poppy War are kids, they're teenagers. Yeah. Who, you know, they, they were sort of midway through their training before all of this war broke out and yeah. they weren't ready for it and no one was ready for it. And it's just really, it's upsetting, I think, for me for that reason. And I think that's what, oh God. And it's just, it's just so yeah. graphic. She, she's such an amazing writer, just an, <laughs> such an amazing job of, because you, it's like you're there and the, the imagery she uses is just outstanding because you, you know, you can see it. Um, and that makes it worse because she's done such a good job with her writing that God, yeah, it's so much worse. It's just so much worse. But um, I definitely, if you've <laughs> if you've got a friend you trust who you know have read it and they know what you are like personally, mm -hmm. I would probably heavily advise someone do that. And personally, if I'd known somebody who'd read it, I would have maybe wanted them to put little sticky markers at the beginning and yeah. end of those sections. And frankly, I could have skipped that part. Probably would have understood the story. <laughs> I could have just skipped those five pages and I probably would have been all right. I would have been like, no, they, they, they did a bad thing. The bad guys did a bad thing. That's all I need to know. Um, yeah. Onward. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. So for everyone listening, you know, this is happening when two people who really enjoy reading and apparently have read the same books start talking because we go on and on and on. I've yes. been looking at the time and we've been talking for so long, but it was such a great experience to talk with you, Jordan. Before we finish off this episode, do you want to tell the people out there where they can find your podcast? Definitely. So um, you can find the Books to Last podcast uh, pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Um, if you go to our social media, so Twitter, Instagram, uh, we are at Books to Last Pod and you can find all of our links and find your preferred podcast provider there or just search us in your preferred podcast provider. Um, yeah, and um, come and check it out. It's always always really fun it's a lot of a lot of this a lot of talking about all the great books we've read in 
more detail and in a lot of detail and that sort of thing. And we do try to be spoiler free, but um, we can't make promises. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. For everyone who that sounds interesting to, check out Jordan's podcast. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye.